Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Maisad Garnet, loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app and you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one place which to me seems sensational Mm -hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good isn't it yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app Uh, anyway that's it the official Manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app Darren Ferguson, Pallister up there as well, drops his Dublin with the goal for Manchester United. Well, right at the death, Dion Dublin, the million pound man, starts to repay the fee. Southampton are devastated, but it's Manchester United delight and it's Dublin delight. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. He's Sam Homewood. And he's David May. Nice guys. That was really good. Slick, slick. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I did a magic trick before you arrived. Blew Maisie's mind. Oh. That was pathetic. <laughs> it was. You might have known you would have it said something so like bad. that. It was so bad. It was really good. Is that what you do in your spare time, Sam? He's no, very just, excited. I was really excited about it. Yeah. I thought it went really well. <laughs> did you get that for Christmas? No, it's just a waiter showed me at once, and it's just it's a great trick. Okay, hmm. how are Not you, convinced. Maisie? All good. Good. Yes. Yeah, um, a little nice um, pre-Christmas break in Norway. I did, yeah. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Myself, Boyley, Sammy, Mark, and uh, Lee Martin. I'm sure that was a quiet affair. It was, yeah, yeah. Well, it was with with Lee and um, Lee and Sammy, but maybe not with Boyley. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was time. good. It was good. Very cold, minus eight, but um, oh. we've been minus colder. eight, but. Yeah. You still wore the t-shirt. Yeah, no coat. No. no coat. We've been in colder. Coats are for wusses. Yeah. For wusses. <laughs> yeah. Dion Dublin joins us today. A friend of Manchester United TV when we yeah. were doing our show, Maisie. He was on quite often. He was. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I am. He had, He's done he, a bit of everything, hasn't he, Dion? Loads, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Have you seen his jube? Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually played the jube before. Did you? Yeah. When we were, uh, he was on Thursday Focus. For those, right, it's like a right. square-sided drum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all different. Um, Pretty cool. Sounds, sounds from each side. side. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It is. Still went for my free mum, but... Yeah. <laughs> he would have left. He'd left, hadn't he, by the time you arrived? Dion left uh, 92 and I joined 94, so yeah. He just... Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I played against him a few times. Yeah. He, actually, he joined in 92, he left in 94. That's right. Yeah. Tell a, do you know what? Mm-hmm. Tell a lie. Say. We did actually cover, we, 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 um, I'm sure I played with him. Did I? Well, we'll ask him. Maybe he'll know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Yes, I did. Okay, there yes. we go. We have <laughs> there established. You <laughs> there you go, I did. Yes. <laughs> when you did play against him though, Maisie? Tough competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he'd be the type of one who'd just pin you down and um, and try to bully you. So it's a little bit different playing against Dion than other centre forwards in the Premier League and around the around the world. But very aggressive for a, such a big man. Great first touch and led the line very very well. I suppose it's one of those people you look at and you look at like his list of honours and you thought look how many medals he's won he's mm-hmm. had a great career and he's mm-hmm. played at Manchester United and he's played at Celtic and excellent yeah. but then he's also like he broke his leg and then we bought Cantona so that made that how long will it be before he brings that up that he was the catalyst of Manchester United <laughs> being successful is that what you're going to say <laughs> <laughs> you said that before yes oh see okay. well, to be fair I said that when we won the European Cup and you know if it wasn't me having a bad game against Jesper would we assign Jesper so yeah, yeah there question. you go see yeah. fate um, yes, Sam broke his leg and also broke his neck when yeah. he was at Aston Villa. And he yeah. still has metal plates, doesn't he, in his neck? Crazy. But yeah. But he's had an incredible career mm-hmm. off the pitch as well. Yeah. How long is it going to be before Sam mentions... Homes Under the Hammer? <laughs> well, no, I was thinking of... What's this? <laughs> is that like a <laughs> dance catch, move? The catchphrase. Oh, uh, uh, and these are the stairs heading up to the bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah, there's a funny video. <laughs> if you're no, not I'm sure really, what that is context will come yeah I'm really looking forward to having Dion on yeah. he's a great great guy over 600 appearances so hopefully some good stories Here let's he bring is. him on here's Dion Dublin Dion Dublin welcome to United Podcast thank you very much you're welcome how are you I'm okay. I'm okay. Before we came on air, by the way, let's just get this right. I've just, I've just been, I've just been told off for not being on here earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Is correct. That right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, you yeah. are a friend of MUTV, <laughs> but you kept saying yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, too just busy. Busy. I'm too just, busy. Just, just, just very busy. Hells. You know what I mean? I mean, Maisie was on it before me, but I've been on it a long time. You've been doing it for you. How long have you been doing MUTV now? And oh god, years, no. isn't it? Yeah. Probably. We haven't seen you about actually in a while. No, I've just been moved well, on you know, bigger and better things. Busy. Yeah, maybe you're on quarter past eleven, and, you, yeah. and you'll see me <laughs> walking around houses. <laughs> I'm sorry, by the way. I apologise for not coming on earlier. There you go. Well, it is great to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, on the way here, I was just thinking about the jube. The jube. Yes, jube. the jube is jube. good. Jube. Yeah, right. The first time the jube is the jube is. Is it still going? Yeah, the jube is going. It's um, I've taking on a little bit now we have sit-on jubes that you can play oh, wow. nice revolvable seat for anybody listening sorry just okay explain so, what okay so, so the jube is a percussion drum i invented about it's about 13 14 years ago now wow i'm definitely old and i and, it, and it's literally it's literally a, a, a cube it's a cube um the jube that you sit on is 18 inch square completely hollow made of wood internally mic'd so when you hit each side, four sides are playable. They all give you a different tone. So you can plug it into a desk if you're playing on on, on stage or whatever. So that's my passion. Still going. Um, and I've made some shakers, some jube shakers as well now. So uh, oh. yes, I've got them in the bag over there. I might get them out and later. And you did actually make that jube on your own. You went to the hardware store. I did, yeah. Well remembered, by the Thank way. You. Well remembered. I, I, remember, I remember you coming on and showing. But it was only a little one then. Yeah. It wasn't like a set down one. It was just a little yeah, it was a little one. It was just one that you put on a stand, yeah. but now I've sort of progressed and evolved. Uh, but the shakers, a little, the little baby, little shake, little squares, little squares like that, and you just get a free lie. Got a baby shaker, a little baby shaker. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely the first guest we've had that invented an instrument. <laughs> Well, so. We've never asked any others, so. to be fair. Exactly, yeah, they might have done. I think they'd have slipped in. <laughs> if we were talking to them, they'd been like, like if Dennis Irwin had invented, I don't know, a, a new harpsichord, I think it's a slipped in. Harpsichord. That's yeah. a new one. 
That's a mm. new one. I don't think he has, you know, because I think no. you might have mentioned it to That's him. That's why I think. I think you'd have mentioned yeah, it. At some stage. Definitely where, on the podcast. Where did your passion for music come from? Uh, passion for music was from my parents. Uh, when my mum was alive, she played mandolin. My dad is a bass player, still now, 82 years old. My dad's still playing bass. Amazing. Uh, I've got three brothers and a sister all playing musical instruments. Uh, three of the lads are all in bands. So it's just, and I was, I'm the youngest of the five. And I just, uh, you know, I wanted to play guitar, but my other brother was better. I wanted to play bass, my other brother was better, drums, all that kind of stuff. So I just, I actually, I actually, when I broke my leg here in 1992, uh, and I was in a cast for sort of eight months, I took up the sax. Played the sax. I taught myself how to play the sax, living in, uh, in Oldley. And then um, I realised that the sax wasn't for me. And then I started playing percussion. Percussion to me is like natural. It's my natural, you know, I'm always hitting things. Mm-hmm. I've been out in Maisie many, many times. For afternoon teas, uh, where I've just, I just hit things and make noise all the time. And that's my, that's my passion. That's where the jube came from. Possibly emptying a bin and hitting the bottom of the bin. And thought, I can do this. That sounds all right. And what about the name? The name. The jube is Cuban Dublin, as in... Yeah. I don't remember that Cube. last time. <laughs> so he wasn't listening. Listen, there's been a lot of- to be fair, <laughs> well, Walter's got a Before you came in, we had a little chat that goes out ahead of the podcast as a, just us sort of having a, Talking about a, little, a little pre-podcast chat. Yeah. And I asked Maisie if you would play together and he was like, no. And they went, oh, maybe. And it took him a good 30, 45 I seconds to remember. I can tell if he did. I don't if he did either. Maisie thinks she did. Maybe one, yeah. two games, maybe. Maybe a pre-season Max. or something yeah. like that, possibly. Maybe. You, you left in 94, right? I left I, in 94. I, I joined 94. Yeah. There might have been a crossover pre-season yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. I would imagine. If we did play together, we'd have won. So <laughs> yeah, if you just check on the Standard. winning games in pre-season, yeah. we'd have been playing. Tasker's having a look now. Tasker's <laughs> specifically winning games. <laughs> None that they lost. No, exactly. They're not interested. <laughs> yeah. Whilst Tasker looks for that, you've talked about the love of music in your family. Uh-huh. Is that where the love of football came from? Yes. My dad, my, my it all comes from my dad, by the way, because he started everything. So he he played football locally in Leicester. Uh, still live in Leicester, all the family mainly. Eldest brother lives in London. But all my family um, play football. But my dad had a choice uh, I don't know what age he was, but there was a choice of whether he played football for Fulham or he went on tour with Rod Stewart in Rod Stewart's band. To be fair, what a great it, choice. I, I know, it's a great choice, yeah. isn't it? So uh, to tour around the UK. And he chose going with Rod Stewart and he, he toured with, with Rod Stewart in his early 20s, I think he was. Oh my God, and that's he, um, so cool. Yeah, when he came, to, when he came on in, 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 the, uh, in the Windrush, he came and played bass and went around with Rod, played about 10 gigs and binned Fulham and wanted to play music that was his passion more than the football so yeah that was his choice isn't that I mean, isn't there like, isn't that true? Couldn't Roger have played for Celtic or made that up? Didn't he have that? I think, sort of could have played, I think he could have played yeah. at some stage, whether he whether he could have been pro or not, but I think he had a chance yeah. to move forward. With, yeah. He's not bad, Rod, actually. I've seen him play a couple of times. And he chose to play with Dion's dad. Yeah. How's that? How was that? <laughs> That's a good way of playing, man. That's very true, actually. So did your dad then, like, I know you said he's still playing. He managed to, he carried on and he, his career and his life has been music. Yeah, mainly, mainly. I mean, obviously, mum and dad had to work incredibly hard to get any work when they came over here anyway yeah uh, in the late 50s so yeah it was it was tough for them uh but they just cracked on and just loved their music and he played with rod stewart he didn't go any further didn't become a pro or anything but he had his little time mm-hmm. i'm sure That's he class. had a bit of fun no <laughs> yeah it was good times and you know what it's strange this i've i've seen rod stewart many many times over those years uh when we won the league with celtic 
and Rod Stewart came in because he's good friends with Gordon Strachan mm -hmm. and he came into the dressing room we had a drink with Rod Stewart and Billy Connolly came in at the same time and they just sat there having a drink with us and I told him about this and he has a recollection he doesn't even remember but he has a recollection that he played with my dad and heard about the story so no he's a, he's a good bloke good bloke that must have been quite surreal to have just yeah, it won, was. So you just won the league with Celtic. Yeah. And then you're with Rod Stewart and Billy Connolly. Yeah, well, we were at, uh, at uh, Hamden and they just came in. They're, they're Gordon Strachan's pals. Uh, and I don't, know when, I don't know when I won. I think it was 2007, maybe. 2006 when I was at uh, Celtic for a short period. And then, uh, yeah, they came in after the game. They just came in a couple of... Um, Sherbets. A couple of... <laughs> breakfast teas <laughs> and a bit of whiskey and no and we just sat and we drank and drank we didn't leave Hamden till about midnight wow just just drinking and obviously Billy Connolly just got up and just entertained us while Rod was getting drunk with the rest of us <laughs> did uh, did Sir Alex ever invite his mates into the dressing room uh, Roger Moore oh wow he came in the dressing room no it wasn't Roger Moore it was actually Sean Connery yes Sean it Connery. was it was yeah up at, uh, up at Rangers yeah Sat with him I'm sure he was always having minutes. people to the training ground, watching training and stuff. Yeah, Jimmy Nesbitt was another. Yeah, there's a few. I'm, I'm sure there's a few that Gaffer can name drop. <laughs> yeah, but Gaffer's got some, you know, yeah, friends in very, very high places. And I suppose when they say you speak to Jimmy Nesbitt and, and Sean Connery, they'll say I've got friends in high places, meaning the Gaffer. Exactly. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Take us back to your football and start then, Des. That was. Um, that was again. <laughs> Most of my story started with my dad. My dad actually wrote, uh, he wrote a letter, he photocopied it 92 times and he sent it to every single professional football club uh, from Division 4 back then, it was Division 4, it's Division 2 now, but it's Division 4 all the way, 3, 2 and 1. For you, not for him at the for, time. For me, yeah. for me, basically saying, my son's very good, give him a trial. And, um, and I got about 13 replies, about six of them went through with it. Uh, two or three cancelled and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going to Birmingham on trial, Norwich on trial, Stoke on trial, uh, and a couple of others. And ended up going to Norwich City at the age of 16. What's I, your I've, dad called? Sorry. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie. My, my I feel like he needs a shout yeah, out. My, dad, my dad's Eddie, yeah. He's, uh, yes, let's move on from my dad because there's so many stories I could tell you about my dad. <laughs> but not on the podcast. <laughs> um, I think we need to do a podcast with Eddie Dublin yeah, let's on the do, show. Let's do a podcast <laughs> X. That'd work. But uh, what was I telling you? I was just telling you something. Sorry, I totally interrupted. You no, ended no, up at Norwich. Uh, yeah, so I ended up at Norwich. Um, but it was, all, it was all down to my, um, my brother, my eldest brother, Ash, lived in Great Yarmouth. My brother Ash's best pal was Dale Gordon that played for Norwich yeah. City at the time. Tricky wing up, mm -hmm. you know. Called him Flash because he had this step over. Everybody knew what he was going to do, mate. He didn't know, but you couldn't stop him because he was very good at it. And they were best pals. And um, also, while my brother was living in Great Yarmouth, he was a DJ. And his best friend in the band that he played in was an A-lister. He's oh. now an A-lister. He's, he's a superstar. You're not going to tell us the name? I could tell you. I'll tell oh, you. But well, we need to know. I'll tell you who it was. It was Jason Statham. Wow. So my brother and Jason Statham lived in Great Yarmouth for... I'm sorry, years. I'm really overwhelmed by this podcast already. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say who's yeah, Jason Statham. Yeah. It's so good already. We're only ten minutes in. It's, it's amazing. Honestly, I haven't even got to football. <laughs> it was, it was, it was incredible. And, it, and I didn't. Obviously, Jason wasn't doing what he was doing, uh, and he wasn't a superstar. But he was always 
good looking, chiseled jaw, looked just great body and all that kind of, he looked, he was an amazing bloke, amazing bloke. And he's a drummer, Jason's a drummer. My brother was a bass player and they played in the same bands. So when I was at Norwich City at the time, at 16 years old, uh, my brother's DJing in a nightclub. We used to live above a nightclub, by the way, called Boobs. Just so I throw it out there. Uh, with Jason Statham and my brother and myself. And we'd go to the nightclubs, we'd, meet, we'd go in there later on, my brother would be DJing, we'd go in with Jason, they'd say, Jason, yeah, come on in, Dion, yeah, come on in, no pubs. And I'd have a night out with Jason Stay the most Friday nights. It was just bizarre. Looking back, it was bizarre. Yeah, but he probably thinks that about you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure, actually. <laughs> Have you stayed in touch in any capacity? No, no, not at all. No, not supposed to Jason for, for, for ages. Yeah. What football team does he support? Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. His family still live in, in Great Yarmouth. His brother Lee... Uh, still lives in Great Yarmouth. Somewhere he's, he's done a podcast where he's going, I used to go to Boobs with Dion Dublin. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I used to live above a bar called Boobs in Great Yarmouth. It was it was fun. So the football side of things is what Dale Gordon lived close to Yarmouth and he used to pick me up in the morning and I would go into training with those guys and sort of just clean the boots. Uh, Brian Gunn's boots I have to clean. And When did you first realise you were decent at football? Or your dad realised you were decent at football? Um, I think when I started to play... When School. I got to sort of, thir- yeah, yeah, I was 13, 12, 13, when I was started to play, was I was you the, 12. Was you the best in your team then? Yeah, and I think that's what people started, I started to play under 15s when I was 12 and then. And you was a big lad. And I was, I was, I was slight, yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was skinny, I was a skinny lad. But Sounds I was playing Centre forward, always. Always centre forward. Always centre forward, yeah. I've, I read that at one always. point you were a centre back. Yeah, I did. I played a couple of games for Cambridge United. Mm-hmm. as a centre-back when yeah. the centre-backs were injured. Right, it wasn't that you were a centre-back and they Absolutely moved to centre-forward. Absolutely okay, Always great. played as a centre-forward. Always tried to do all the glory hunting, score the goals. <laughs> it wasn't like Maisie, you know. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't so like Maisie. <laughs> Maisie liked stopping people scoring goals. That was his job. And I was uh, I was the glory hunter. But that was my that was my time, 12, 13, playing under-14s, under-15s. And then playing men's when I was like 15. And then you start to think, if you're still scoring goals against mm-hmm. the men and you're 15, then you're doing something right. And I think maybe something drop there my dad said let's give him a go maybe did you did you love it like was it were you one of those schoolboys who was obsessed with football because of course you talked about how much he loved music were you someone mm. who just enjoyed life and was sort of semi-passionate about everything or was was maybe football and music it for you yeah I, I think they were the two mm-hmm. main passions possibly because I was I was I was good at football as a, at a young age and it was it was the one thing that I could really progress with without trying too hard because of the people around, around me weren't as good basically if, mm. if, I'm, if I'm being honest and I thought well I've got to give it a go and that's all I really had in my locker to be fair I did, ha- I did have at the age of 16 I had a decision whether to play for Leicester City basketball or Leicester City or, or, or Norwich City of course you did so I could have played basketball for Leicester I think there were Leicester Riders or Leicester Planters back then so I could have gone um, as a kid pro basketball but obviously I chose Norwich was there anything you was bad at? <laughs> Loads. I mean, spelling. Musician. Spe- spelling. No, that's because you got skill because you're playing football all the time. Spelling, spelling, no. Yeah, yeah, spelling. Q, <laughs> uh, Q. Still was, like was, basketball? Yeah, love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. My era, when I watched it, was the Jordan era with, mm-hmm. you know, Stockton and all those kind of players. So, yeah, that was my, my time. But I, I naturally, football felt right. I was scoring a few goals. I was playing for the county mm-hmm. at the time and then you're playing above your station and then... So you went to Norwich as an apprentice? You still, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it called back then? It wasn't apprentice. What was it called? It was YTS. YTS, YTS yeah. So YTS, like, it's like the youth training scheme, wasn't yeah, it? Something yeah, like yeah. That. So you stayed in digs then? Stayed in digs. Stayed in digs. Landlord, landlady decent? Yeah, all good. Making all the food for you. Was, you, was, was you washing. in with anyone? 
I was in with, uh, gosh, who was in with? Oh, to be fair, indeed, in Norwich, I was with my brother, wasn't I? So when I went to Cambridge, I was with Chrissy Ledbitter, who was right, a left-footed yeah. midfield player, because um, I went straight from straight from Norwich to Cambridge. Yes, because how long were you at Norwich? Sorry, only a year. Yeah, as a kid, as a kid, yeah. and then I went to Cambridge. So you did six. So you did sixteen-year-old, sixteen at Norwich, Norwich, and then your second straight, year. Straight then, then straight to Cambridge a year to later. do your second year, do my second apprenticeship. Year. Yeah, ah, right, so okay. I, was, I was only a kid then. How did that come about then? Um, because Dave Stringer, who was the manager of Norwich at the time, and he's, he has apologised many times for this. He did <laughs> say to me, "Dion, listen, you're not quite ready for the first team or the reserve yet. I'm gonna right. have to let you go." And since then, I've done lots of stuff for Norwich City. Down Hooker Bisbee Pal in Norwich, and I go to Norwich a, time, a lot of the time. See Dave Stringer, and we go, "Dion, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," all the time. So it's you know. Was that difficult? Stupid David, what were you thinking, <laughs> man? God! Was that, was that difficult for you being told? Because I guess the conversation would have been, we don't think you're going to make it, so we're not going to carry on trying to Correct. invest in you as a football player. Progress, yeah. So what What do you do? Is your reaction, do I stop now? Were you desperate to go and find another club? Because mm. I assume you had some self-belief that you could do it. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's when I was told I wasn't good enough at Norwich City, then Cambridge United came in. <laughs> I played one reserve game for Norwich and I scored two goals against Crystal Palace reserves and uh, God rest his soul Les Seeley was in goal mm-hmm. and because Les was so highly regarded then I scored two goals I was only a 16 year old boy they said hold him and if he can finish against Les one on one then let's have a go so Cambridge United guy called Graham Scarf Gary Johnson who used to be a manager of Yeovil right. he was he was on the staff then and he said yeah give him a go and I went to Cambridge Played a couple of games off the bench. A couple of players got injured. Yeah. I played centre half. And then um, about four games later, after coming off the bench, I played my. I started my very first game as centre forward. Cambridge United, Peterborough, which is a massive rivalry. Mm-hmm. Huge rivalry. Worldwide <laughs> rivalry, by the way. And we won 5-1 and I scored a hat-trick. And that's when I got my contract. And that's when it kind of started, really. Mm-hmm. Scoring goals and enjoying footy. So you were in the first team from very young there? Yeah. First team at 18 mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Lee Philpott played for Leicester. Uh, Liam Dace, big centre-half. Yeah. Big Irish centre-half, left-side mm-hmm. centre-half. Played lots of times for his country. So yeah, some really good players. And what, it was incredible. what division were Cambridge in at this point? Four. Division four, yeah. which is now division two. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm saying that to you because I know that you don't know what division four is. But I was trying to... I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> division four, he wasn't division born, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when were you born? 88. 88, that's just horrible, isn't it? Yeah. 96. 96. See. That's not Out. me for anybody Out. who's listening. You shouldn't be in this room. Nineties <laughs> born person. I was just pointing to Zara who's behind the camera for everyone thinking, what are they talking about? 96. <laughs> She's a very old person in the exactly, room. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so uh, at that point then, or I assume that's not the level of football that you aspire to play mm. when you were younger and you first started getting into the game. So were you just content? You were playing because obviously you'd been told at Norwich you weren't going to make it and now you were in a team and you're scoring goals. Or was there a part of you thinking, if I have a good season, what happens next? No, my thought process has always been, I, 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 am, I am good enough. There is something inside mm-hmm. me that is good enough. It's just somebody willing to give me the chance. Yeah. To, to say, right, go on, yeah, we'll give you a go. Because I know if somebody gives me a go and somebody 
see gives me the trust and I'll go I won't let them down and then I went and I scored the goals for Cambridge mm -hmm. and, and then it went on and went on and I had four years at Cambridge um, played a couple of times at centre half we did okay at Cambridge we went from the runs we went on Maisie were very good fourth division to the third division it was the very first playoff final. Yeah, you scored the first in nineteen ninety. You scored the first goal. That's right. Yeah, against uh, against Chesterfield, we won the game one 0 Is that the corner, the header? That was the corner, yeah. the header, bullet header from was it three yards? <laughs> so something like that. And uh, it, it just it, it from then on it was. I think people knew about it just because I scored that goal. Mm -hmm. But we did okay as a team. We, we absolutely smashed it. It was great stuff. Went in two quarterfinals as well. One against Palace. One against Arsenal. Obviously, we lost them both, but we got to you know, a good, a good, a good standard. And then we all started to flit away. Then I think Liam Dage went to uh, Coventry City and Lee Philpott went to Leicester and Stevie Claridge went to Birmingham or something like that. So mm. we all kind of dispersed and then. So by your fourth year, you're in? Division, division, the old division so, two. Which would be so yeah. the equivalent of the championship now. Correct, the old division two. Yeah. And have you got any idea at this point that your next move is going to be Manchester United? No, not until I go home uh, to my house off the Mill Road, Tennyson Road, I forget what number it was now, lived on Tennyson Road, and I'm literally getting back from training this day, and I go into my lounge, I get a phone call, and then I have to walk, it's not, not mobile, I have to go to the proper phone, which is connected to the wall. Stone it's age. a landline. Remember, remember the landlines back in the day? So I have to go and I have to lift the phone off the, and put it to my ear and say, hi. It's okay, Dion, we, we know. It's your, it's, you know we're, not, we're not that young. You know what I mean? You lift it off the wall and hold it like that. And then, and then I, I answered it, it was John Beck, who was the manager of the time. And he said, Dion, are you sitting down? I've gone, Gaffer, what is it? What is it? He said, sit down. And for some reason, I sat down for some reason. I don't know why I, know why I sat down, but I did. And he said, uh, so Alex is coming for you. He wants to uh, he wants to offer you a contract. Go and play for Man United. John Beck sent the gaffer a video of my goals. The gaffer had never seen me play ever, as in as in like this, uh, you know, live. He's seen the video, and he said, "Yeah, I want to I want to take him off your hands." And I, I couldn't believe it, and I was a little bit obviously taken aback. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I yeah, I don't know. It was it was like that, you know, that smile yeah. that just appeared. Oh, oh. It was like. Really? And then it was like, da, da, da. Well, I was going to say, Eddie's going to be the boss. Honestly, it was just mental. And he said, yeah, so I had to go up and have talks and we'll come here and have talks. And on the same day as I came here, I went to Chelsea and Everton. Did you have, oh. uh, when you were doing those, were you open-minded as to how the talks would go? Or yeah, 100%. Did you, so you didn't have a specific, I want to go there? No, no. Maybe subconsciously, I knew I was always going to end up here. Maybe yeah. I knew that, but I had to go and, you know, mm -hmm. out of common courtesy as well. Of course, yeah. Because they showed the interest as well. And I think once people found out that I was for sale, I think there was some people that were waiting for that. And then they said, let me ask him, see if he fancies us as well. So I ended up going to Chelsea. First. Chelsea first, down south. We yeah. tried to do it in the right way. So I went down south and Ian Porterfield was yeah. the manager. And he had a table of 10, a round table of 10. So he had Ian Porterfield, eight of his staff, one spare seat. I went in, straight into the room, sat down. Dion, I want to build a team around you. And that's how the conversation started. Then we chatted for about an hour. I thought, wow, that's good. You can have a number nine shirt if you want. Great. Went to Everton. Uh, manager of Everton was, gosh, Howard Kendall. Is that right? Yeah. Howard Kendall. Howard Kendall, probably, Howard yeah. Kendall. Um, Well, he was, because Howard Kendall, obviously, just in case, 
he left Everton, didn't he? Eventually he resigned when uh, yeah, they tried yes. to sign yeah, you correct. and couldn't. Second so, time. Second so, time. so he was the manager the first time around? He was the manager okay. the first time around yep. uh, who tried to sign me. And then as soon as he uh, went to the training ground and he went into the fridge, he went, and he opened the champagne and he put in, good to see you, big man, get that down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself, mm, not sure. And then you come here, and this is Sir Alex Ferguson in, in, in a nutshell. This is how clever the gaffer is, right? He doesn't really say much, but what he does is, is, is it lasts. So he, he, I arrive here, um, Frank McClintock was my manager at the time, uh, my agent at the time. So he said, Frank, go and speak to the, go and speak to the financial people. You go speak money, no problem to us. So leave him, leave him with me. He put his arm around, I remember this clear as day, put his arm around me here and he walked me through the bowels of the stadium. And I, where, are the dog outside side or that side? Dog outside over there. Yeah, outside. So over there, where the tunnel is in the middle, he walked me through that tunnel, down out the tunnel, past the dugouts, up the slope, up the halfway line, and then he, and he stood me in the centre of the pitch. And then, he walked, this before. and then he walked outside the uh, centre circle. He said, how do you fancy playing here once a fortnight? <laughs> That's unbelievable, isn't it? It's That's incredible. exactly what he did with me. No Strat, way. Strat was exactly the same. Strat went and did all the no money way. side of it. Gaffer took me around Seriously? The, honestly. Gaffer took me around that the is crazy. trophy room, showed me all the history about all. <laughs> Did exactly the thing, straight down the tunnel, straight into the middle of the pitch. That's really amazing. That's said, amazing. That is incredible. Imagine That's it. just, but look what it does. You know, you, you, you get your target, you get what you want because it's just a psychological, mm-hmm. it's a psychological um, win, isn't it? Yeah. What do you do? Wherever you've come from, regardless of where you play in world football, if you come here, you are bettering yourself when you see what this club has and you look around, you think, and you go like that. What oh was your reply? God. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I, I actually signed, I actually signed without seeing what I was earning. I just signed and said, listen, you can sort that out, Frank, I'm happy. So I signed a four year deal here, which is amazing. I, I was just, so I actually had, when I was playing for Cambridge United, for the record here, I had a 1.3L Austin Maestro when I signed here, that all changed. I don't know what that means. Okay. That's a car, that's something. Well, yeah, that's a car. Yeah. <laughs> big, big steering wheel. Yeah. Okay. Big, like, no power steering. No power. That's where he gets his arms from. No, there. Power. <laughs> no power steering. And I got myself a Vauxhall Calibra. Two litre. I thought I was the dogs. I've done a, I don't know if that sounds better. As I don't know anything about cars. It's another car. Right. It's just another car. Yeah. It's an upgrade. It's a Toyota Calibra's like. Oh, back then it was amazing. It's like an Aston Martin. Now it's like, it's just gone. Oh, you seem much more excited about it so oh, I felt yes. like it was an upgrade yes, it was an upgrade it was right an upgrade. massively look it up look it up yeah. but that was just the excitement and everything yeah. it was just incredible and again just to give people an insight I went from uh, £275 a week which I was earning at Cambridge United to £2,500 a week wow. at, at, uh, at United when I signed here back in 1992 and that was a blind deal yeah, just blind. Two thousand. I don't care what it was. It was always going to be more than two hundred and seventy-five yeah. quid. Yeah, I suppose that's so it. So yeah. it was a bonus to me, and, mm. I, and it was just—it was incredible. Who were the players here at the time, and who did you meet first? Who did I meet first? I think possibly, possibly Pally and Chucky, possibly Brian McClare. <laughs> they were they were they because two I was, very serious characters. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Two characters I wish I hadn't met first. <laughs> so, but I was in Oldley. I was in a little terrace house in Oldley and they were in Wilmslow. Is it like that cul-de-sac? They were in a cul-de-sac in Wilmslow. I don't know what it was called, but they lived there for years. And then um, Incy offered, uh, invited me round uh, one afternoon 
it's a very famous afternoon actually because I remember. When did you sign? Was it pre-season? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I can't remember. I was just so excited. Everything, yeah. went, everything <laughs> went into a blur. Um, Incy always reminds me when I go there. He said, "Remember when you came to my house in 1992? That time?" I said, "What do you mean?" When we had a, we had a few drinks and we played in the back garden with Thomas and I said, "Yeah, what happened?" We had a few beers. I said, "Yeah, do you remember how many drinks you? Do you mean you drank 24 cans of Boddingtons that day?" Hang on, sorry. How long into signing is this? Two months, maybe. Ooh. Two months, but you know, but like in regards to the, the lads and the players, yeah, because the dressing room was so strong, they they all wanted to make sure that whoever came in the dressing room was part of the dressing room. And there was no, no clicks or anybody. Everybody was in it together, regardless if you came from Cambridge United or Bayern, you were together. What did you think, Diz, coming from Cambridge with the players you had, walking into a dressing room with so many big characters? Yeah. That, like that was, Robson, that was, yeah. Keane, Ince, Schmeichel, yeah. that was tough. Hughes. Yeah, that was really... It's like, oh my God. Really tough. It was tough because I'd only... Going into the dressing room and you look around, and I think I was sat next to Sparky on one side, and Parks, I think, was on the other yeah. side, something like that. And then you, I've only seen these players on Match of the Day. I've only seen them on the TV before, and I'm now sat with them, and my gear's all folded behind me. I ain't got to wash it. I'm, I'm not going to wash it. I'm not going to take it home and wash it. It's just incredible. My boots were there. And I'm thinking, wow, this is different. Wow, I'm not going to wash my gear. It was, it was, it was a shock. And then it took me a good few months, Maisie, to, to yeah. realise that, all right, calm down now. You, you're here, you're man, you know, you've got to prove your worth. And obviously the Premier League had just started as well, so that yeah, was new for first, you all too. First, first year of the Premier League as well, 92, which was which was good, exciting. Mm-hmm. But it came with so much pressure. Even though I'd come from lower league side, it came with so much pressure. So Alex Ferguson believes in you, believes that you can do a job for the biggest club in the world. And now you have to do your job. So all the, 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 the uh, what's the word? All the uh, hesitancy, and, and, the, and, and the scare tactics that people were telling me about, you, know, you can't do, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. That's when it all has to go. And then when you walk over the white line to go training, that was harder than playing games. Training was harder because training at Manchester United is like playing a game. Mm-hmm. If there's a 50-50 to be had and it's with Scolzi or Maisie or Pally or Boosie, they'll just, they'll wipe you out in order to win an eight aside. But it just, you know, that, that's it though. And that's what, took a bit of time to register with me. It's just a winning mentality. If you want to win things, you want to win things all the time. You when know? you first signed, what was your relationship like with Sir Alex? Because I suppose at this point in time, and it's weird to think about now from where we are, because he wasn't Sir Alex Ferguson. He was just Alex mm. Ferguson. He'd mm. been in the job six years. He hadn't won the league. And at this point, he's still just mortal. He's just another, I suppose he's just another manager. He's not anything like we think of him now. No, no, because I think he's he's earned the next title, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's earned the Sir and he's earned, you know, the legendary status during the six years that he was here, then the six year that I was here, and then moving forward, he's earned all that. But he was still the manager of Manchester United. So that was held in high regard anywhere in the world, to any footballer as well. So and the standards had to be you know, very, very high. The Gaffer wasn't, he just, he just wasn't a coach, was he? I won't, ca- I won't class him as a coach. He wouldn't just do this, do that, do this, do that. Very much an overseer of everything, yeah. you know? And when he came out, oh my word. When the Gaffer came down from, from the um, cliff, mm-hmm. his, his, his uh, office was at yeah. the top, wasn't he? And he could see everybody and he'd be banging on the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he shouts and everybody goes, oh, Gaffer's coming down. He's not in the window. And everybody starts to panic. Gaffer's coming. 
pass quicker, pass me the bib quick. Jesus, run around. And that's basically what happened. So the standard always went up when the gaffer found his way downstairs. So, and, and that's another thing that I found really strange is that the standard of, of training was always incredibly high. There was never a, let's just enjoy it today, lads. If sun's out, it'd be great. That just didn't happen. What about after your 24 Boddingtons? Oh, it's fine. I trained after that. It's fine. Do it like, let's do it. it was nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Don't worry about that. It's an entire I'm old crate. school, by the way. I'm old school. We just crack on. You know what I mean? We don't moan about stuff. Job's got to be done, man. We get on with it. Dion, obviously Sir Alex Ferguson believed in you. He brought you to this club. Did you have that self-belief? Or if you didn't, how long did it take you to get to that place? Yeah, I didn't have it at first. Because I was, I was, I was, I'm not afraid to say it. I was kind of scared when I arrived. Seeing all the lads in the dressing room. A, li a little bit apprehensive because mm. when you see the players that you mentioned Sparky and Schmeichel and Pally they're all internationals you know they, they played the best teams in the world they play, played against the best in the world and the, there's, a, there's a point in, in, in every player's career when you go to a very big club your biggest move something happens in training that makes you feel like I'm okay now mm -hmm. so when you sign for Man United there's it was Roy I think it was Roy and possibly Robbo and, and Brian McClare, they will, they, will, they will play you a pass, which is unnecessarily bad or unnecessarily hard in a game, which is very important because the manager stood there. And then once you take that pass in and control it and get it under control while Gary Palace or Bruce are trying to kick bits out of you, then you're, you're accepted. That, becomes, that means you're accepted, you're trusted. And then when I knew I could do that, with a bad pass or an overly hard paced pass, I knew I was okay. And they trusted me and I was accepted. I've got to ask. That's a great story. Did either of you ever see somebody miscontrol one of them? You'd have to tell us who oh, if you don't want to. But, like, but what happens in that environment? No, listen, you, you just continues to do it. Yeah, correct. That's it. And just until they get it right. You just keep rattling balls into them. Correct. It's the first thing you do in training. Is just it? rattle a ball. That's it. Like Dean had come for a million quid. I was 1.2 and the mm. first thing you do the test got that end didn't he yeah no, so that's, no, no, that, no, that's, that's it, what that's it was it. they would test you no I mean the 1.2 <laughs> <laughs> so I mean got that in inflation it was natural inflation <laughs> it was two years later two years later <laughs> cheers bells yeah yeah thanks <laughs> but it, it would have it it been a different test for Maisie it would have been yeah. a Sparky might have tested him or there would have been a ball over the top and Giggsy might have been chased or yeah. something like that it's a different test for, for a centre half yeah. physical test or pace or an organisational test at corners or something like that and it's just one of those that you, if you pass it you can you can tell the players go he's okay no, he's fine he's fine yeah. he's fine you can, you can hand but he's fine he's one of us now mm. and then, then it's, it, it happened at, it happened at Celtic it happened at Aston Villa it even happened happened at commentary when I left here so loads and loads of times it happened you're the new kid on the block yeah. correct and you have to find your feet go into a dress people that fail Players that fail when they go to a football club are the players that go into that dressing room and feel they fit in straight away. Mm -hmm. You have to earn the right. I say this with no disrespect to, say, Coventry, mm. but and I understand why it happens, but it feels bizarre that a player who's been at Manchester United yep. would join Coventry and then at train they go, well, let's test him. Let's see, let's see if he's any yeah, good. I but I, I understand why it happens, but it yeah. feels bizarre because you'd think they'd go, oh, well, this yeah, guy's going to be yeah. all right. No, they, they, they possibly do, mm -hmm. but you have to still earn the right yeah. of, he, 
I, I, I am good enough. Mm -hmm. I know I'm good enough to go and play for Coventry. I know that, but I've got to earn the right and I've got to earn their respect first yeah. before I can just go and say, yeah, give me the nine shirt. I'm happy. I played for Man United. I could do this. Mm -hmm. You've got to earn that right first. And with Gordon Strachan being there, who'd done everything, mm -hmm. he was one of the ones that was bouncing the passing to me. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. stupid. And, and, yeah. and, and, and Steve Grizovich, the goalkeeper, who's I've got so much respect for, you know, I think Steve retired at 41, 42. Yeah. One of the best goalkeepers the Premier League's ever seen. But he was another one. Let's just test and see what he's like. David Burrows, uh, mm -hmm. who played for Liverpool for years. Yeah. Gary McAllister, played for Leeds for years. You know, they, they will all test you. And when you pass that test, even though they know you, mm -hmm. accepted, which is the right way to do it. Yeah. Tell us about the first time you did put on the Manchester United shirt. That was, I remember I had a few a few appearances off the bench, which were great and excited. But when I got my first start, first start yeah. it was uh, Southampton away. I'd had a really good week of training and uh, it, was a, it was a Monday night game. It was live on Sky and I'm thinking, wow, this is me. This is my chance. I knew I was, I knew I was starting. In fact, I didn't know I was starting because I missed the flight down. Two Southampton. Why? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I missed the flight down to Southampton because the gaffer said, right, let's all meet up at half past 12. We'll get the flight down on Sunday. We'll stay Sunday and then we'll play the game on the Monday. Now, I didn't know where to go for the flight. I didn't know where the team met. I didn't know where... Airport. Oh, because I suppose you've just signed and no one... Was it? So I, went, I came yeah. here. I was sat out here mm -hmm. in my Vauxhall Calibra. What a car. With no mobile phone because it was landlines. No mobile phone, which was landline. Revving it up. Revving it up. Ah! <laughs> I rang the gaffer. I said, gaffer, I, I'm at the ground. I said, Dion, we, we, we're in Southampton. So uh, he basically said, get yourself Southampton on Monday morning. I got a flight down Monday morning. And when I arrived at the hotel, got dogs abuse from the lads, obviously. <laughs> they, all had, they all had a, uh, went into the um, pre-match meal. And honestly, Parks, all the lads, they all had a um, piece of bread, they're having their soup, piece of bread. They weren't eating their bread, they went like that and they threw the bread at me and said, oh, big time now! And they threw <laughs> the buns at me and as they came, I was like this. <laughs> but it was, it was an acceptance, you know what I mean? It was an acceptance, a fun thing. And, um, and the gaffer said, listen, you're starting. And I, and I, uh, I got the number seven shirt. I didn't mind passing it on later on into my career, but it was my <laughs> number seven shirt. Let's get that right. And then I, and I started and, and we won and I, and, and I scored the only goal. So That must have been a very special day. Yeah, it was. It was down Ferguson, in swinging corner. I think Pally scoo with the header. No surprise there. And, mm. it, <laughs> and, it, and it just hit a few shins and it was like four yards out, which is my distance. Bam, there you go. Get in there. I've, I have actually got that 30 second clip mm -hmm. clipped up on my iPad, which I've got there nice. in a little link. Yeah. So that was my very first, as in start, number seven shirt, which obviously mm -hmm. still means a lot, means a lot to uh, the club. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, that's right up there. Does the, uh, did your mum and dad used to travel watching you? The brothers? Yeah, they did. My brothers. Was they there for your, obviously brother, United Davies uh, and stuff? They, were, they weren't there for the away game, but they were there for my home debut yeah. so they came to the home debut which was Crystal Palace so that was my home debut unfortunately it's bittersweet really because I came here mm. scored on my debut had my three appearances off the bench scored on my debut everything's going well well done Dion come here and then I and then I, I broke my leg mm -hmm. it's, it's weird because we're talking to you and you're so cheery and so yeah. full of life and positivity yeah. and obviously this part of your journey is the opposite of all of that how did you, as someone who is so cheery, mm. deal with it? 
Learned the saxophone. Learned the saxophone, exactly. Yeah. I was like that. It was my left leg, but I'll do this one. <laughs> from, from there to here, mm. was cast, and I'm like that, and I'm trying to play the sax, and there's only so many jigsaws you can play. There's only so many yeah. jigsaws you can do when you're in a cast. So how many months were you actually in the cast for? I think I was in the cast for about five months. Wow. In the cast. Because there was, and it was, it was 92, leg. don't forget. And it was, yeah. I, dis, I dislocated my ankle. So my ankle was over there, foot was that way, but my joint was over here. And I'd actually broken the fib as well. So there was a break and the dislocation. And just the tackle. Or? The tackle, yes. Um, Eric Young. Right. Big centre half, yeah, played yeah, for Crystal yeah. Palace. Um, yeah. Black guy, Welsh guy. Had a, he used to call him the ninja. He, had, right. he, had, he, got, yeah. he got me that day, Headband, the ninja. Yeah. Headband on as well. So uh, that, was, that was one of those. Accident. He might say that. I don't think it was. I no. think it was just a really bad tackle. As someone, I've seen it. I watched it today mm. so that I knew when we were talking about it, yeah. I knew what I was talking about. And is, I mean, it's a horrible tackle. Yeah. And I didn't know what your view of it would be if it was just overly aggressive, but it's like he sort of scissors you, doesn't Correct, he? So you, yeah. don't, you don't have a true, there's nowhere you can go that's mm. a safe place because he's either side of you. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, things like this don't really go away from me. So the ball's come yeah. out from, from Brian McClare. He's playing it to me in our half in the center circle. Yeah. So as, as I receive it, I'm receiving it left foot planted, right foot, receiving the ball here. And as I receive in order to move away, when I try to move away, then that's when he gets me. And that's when the scissors come in. Yeah. And that's when my studs are caught in the ground. So I go to turn this way. So that's why I'm standing leg. So he gets my standing leg. Yeah. And as I move to go, my ankle turns, but my foot doesn't go. And that's when it all just, that's yeah. when you, you hear it. And, oh gosh. And it comes cleanly from behind. Straight from it? behind, yeah. yes. No, so anno the annoying thing is, sorry to talk over no, no, you, please. the annoying thing is, is that uh, John Solarco was playing in that game, Righty, Bright, Gareth Southgate, mm -hmm. Richard Shaw, yeah. all those Crystal Palace legends were playing in that game all over me. When Eric Young went and just ran away, just just didn't even say, didn't even say sorry, didn't offer his hand, didn't come to the hospital. After, at the end, the Crystal Palace bus came to the hospital. Yeah. All the Man United players came to the hospital. And uh, no, I didn't hear anything from them at all, which was just supposed to be And obviously the days before you get some oxygen on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Were you it not was, in agony? It was painful, but because the adrenaline was up and I was playing for Man United and this had happened, I didn't know what had happened really. I was just in a lot of pain. Maybe dislocation or the break. I don't know what it was. But it was, it was, um, it was the end really really difficult to take but it was the end because back to what we were chatting about earlier um, about um, the big players that Man United have mm. Eric Cantona comes in and as soon as Eric came into the door by the way I am the catalyst to Man United's success let's get that right by the way I don't break my leg Eric Cantona doesn't come Man United going down let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> Man United going down so thank you very much it's alright it's alright so yeah Eric comes and then it all changes but I don't but it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me sad. Mm -hmm. It just makes me, makes me stronger. Makes me, yeah. want, makes me want to achieve. If not here, makes me want to achieve. I, I played a few more games, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a negative person. I'm quite a positive person. How difficult was that eight months though? And people often talk about how difficult it is to go in and get treatment, be on mm. the table every day and your players are going, or your teammates, sorry, are going out on the training pitch. How did you deal with that? It was, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Maisie's been injured as well, and it's it's, it's hard Horrible. that you're. Yeah. It's did hard you that you're, even come in? Sorry, did you even come in to training with not, the not, cast not, on? No, not not initially. Uh, for the very for the, probably for the very, for the first month, maybe it's just yeah. all about let what you can let heal and keep it elevated and that kind of rubbish. 
And then you're allowed to come in, you might do what they call a bit of arm bike or keep the upper body moving. But then um, you're sat on a bike and you're getting physio and you you can do a few volleys and it's like, oh gosh, the lads are going out and they're laughing and they're joking yeah. and there's a five-a-side set up and it's like, oh no. And that happened for months and months and months. And then you get back and you train. And again, again, there's always a moment within an injury where um, something happens and you go, ah, I'm fit now. And it was a 50-50 with Scolzi. Mm -hmm. In training, 50-50 with Scolzi. If there was a think bubble there, it would say, don't pull out now, Dion, because you're going to, you know, just before the tackle, a little think bubble saying, mm -hmm. just go through with it, Dion, go through mm -hmm. with it. And I went through with this tackle with, with, with Scolzi with my left leg. And he went full out as well. Eight aside, he wanted to win, obviously. And his tackles, his tackling is rubbish, by the way, it's called his tackle. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> rubbish tackler. And we just went, bam. And I, I thought, oh, I'm okay. And I just carried on training. No pain, no There's reaction. A psychological barrier to Thank get over that. Thank you very that, much. Thank you very yeah. much, Thanks for mm. that. And then I was okay. And then it was fine. And I just cracked on. You make it that eight months just go so quickly yeah. there. No, well, it, 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 it does because you, you have to, I'm not a lingerer on bad things. No. And certain things that I look back on now have made me have a different thought process throughout my life. And that's one of them. Uh, I've had some bad injuries mm -hmm. and they just, and they change your life. But if you change your, if you change your life for the better, find something from it that makes you better, think better. Did Eric Young ever get back in touch with you? Did nah, he? No, never. Nothing? No. Spoke to him since? Or? No, no. I wanted, I wanted there to be a charity match at some stage. Yeah. <laughs> it can still happen. Yeah, charity match at some stage. <laughs> I'll play, along, I'll play alongside you at centre-half. Yeah. I'll, I'll be safe then. I'll be safe. It's things like that, I like from from the outside, that often when you hear like, uh, do you remember Ryan Shawcross was involved in it and he was, I think he went to the hospital and he sent a message and, mm. and then you think, well, clearly that person's remorseful and feels bad. And, but in this scenario, it makes it seem like he, he doesn't. Well, whether he does or doesn't, it's not my concern. No, really. of course. Yeah. It's not my concern. I have nothing on my conscience at all. Yeah. You know, you've seen the tackle. Everybody's seen the tackle. It's a bad tackle. It's just, a, it's a case of saying, let's change. Got that one. Let's go on. It's done. It's done. And it was 1992. Very different back then. Very, mm. very different. I mean, as a person, you can be a bit humble and, you know, mm. be a bit nicer, but 1992 was all about the physical side of the game. Yeah. If you're a centre forward, you're going to get kicked. If you're, if you're a centre half, you're going to do the kicking. That's how it was. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you have to deal with it. Obviously, 1992, your season stopped then very mm. early in the season, but you did score a winning goal in a game, so you weren't the team three points. And United won the first Premier League and Sir Alex's first title and the club's first title for 26 years yeah. that season. And you were a part of that winning squad and you got a medal. Well, not a medal, a little trophy, right? They didn't actually do medals for the first season. No, they didn't. Um, it's like a little miniature. Replica yeah. It was, wasn't it? It's like yeah. a little miniature. Yeah. A little miniature Premier League, which is about that big. Oh, mine's in a safe, man. Mine's in a double safe, <laughs> yeah. in case you're listening. And uh, it's 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 got my name on it. And I think there was only about 60, possibly 70 of them made. Wow. And it's like, no, it's, 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 that's obviously the most prized possession, you know, yeah. along mm. with a couple of shirts. That's the most prized possession. And, that, and you had to get that through special dispensation, right? The Premier League had to agree that you could have it because yeah. you didn't play 10 games, but of course yeah. you couldn't play I played play nine. Them. I yeah. was involved in nine games and I think Sir Alex said, listen, if he, wasn't, if he hadn't broken his leg, he'd, he'd have played a lot more games for me. So yeah. listen, I, I, I insist that he has a trophy. Yeah, and, and I got it and it was just, it was amazing. And the celebrations here, I remember it now, I think Robert went up first and then Bruce went up second and they held the cup between them. And I'm, somewhere down the line but I didn't really care I was in the line got me medal <laughs> it was great mm. it was great 
Tell us about, you did mention Eric Cantona, tell us about his arrival. What did you all think of, as a squad at the time? I know you weren't necessarily involved, but what were your feelings? Well, it was it was it was just really clear to clear to see whenever it came in. I mean, I'm six foot two. Major, what are you six one, six two? Six foot, yeah. Yeah, so you know, we, we're big lads, and he came, he comes in, and you go like that. You go, nice to meet you. Yeah, massive, six four, easy, big big presence, confident presence. I don't have to justify myself to anybody. You know that kind of presence, confidence in his ability, and I think. Uh, joking aside, I think that's what Manchester United needed at that time. Somebody to say, right, come on, this is Manchester United. We've got to be winning things. And then I think the players around Eric changed their persona, their standards went up. And it was just, it was just, he was a great, he was great to watch. And such a nice bloke as well for mm. such a big character. Such a nice bloke and a great footballer. Never ever, he wore moulded all the time, didn't he? Yeah. He wore mouldies all the time. No studs. If it was raining out there and it was muddy, it'd just be in these mouldies gliding around the pitch. And I'd be on the bench thinking, mm -hmm. he ain't bad, you know. <laughs> he's, not, he's got a future. He's got a future. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good well, because times. of the form of that, Eric, you struggled obviously getting back yeah, into the yeah. team and stuff. Did you ever think then, I need to make a move? And yeah. So there was, there was, it was Eric. I think Eric was playing up top with Sparky. Mm with Mark Hughes. And then I think below the two of them, or should I say sort of third and fourth position was, was McClare, Brian McClare. Yeah. And, and then, and Scholes was a centre forward at the time. Mm. Cause I played most of my football with Scholes in the reserves, mm -hmm. by the way, which was myself, people like the whole of the class of 92, Mickey Phelan, Clayton Blackmore, Russell Beardsmore, and we won the Reserve League by about 25 points, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Me and Skulls yeah. just got about 56 goals between. Yeah. It was mental. I got most of those goals, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, you know, we were just tearing teams apart. Robbo played in that game, in that Reserve team a couple of times. But it was just, it was just an amazing squad of players. Um, I knew at the time I wasn't going to get a regular place. So I did go and speak to the guy. I said, listen, you've got your four strikers, bosses. I'm not going to get in. I know I'm not. Yeah. And he actually said to me, Dion, I don't want you to go because it was only three foreigners in a European game at the time. So oh, yeah. I was one of the, uh, one of the English players. And he said, I want you to stay because I want to use you in Europe. But you know, he said to me, Dion, if you want to go, Coventry, came, Everton were interested at the time as well. And then Coventry came in and offered £2 million, £2 million for me. It was Phil Neal, the manager at the time. And, and he said, listen, if you want to go, Dion, I don't want you to go. But if you want to go, you go with my blessing and I wish you all the best. And that's when I moved on. Was that difficult? Because obviously, you, know, you signed. Did you sign at the end of the second season or yes. was it mid season? Yeah. No, no, because I, I I had a full. It was two and a half years at United. Two and a yeah. half years I had, and then I, then I signed mid season for for Coventry. Yeah. And then I had, I think, I had five years at Coventry, five and a half years at Coventry. But it was, was it difficult? Yes, it was difficult to leave, but it wasn't difficult on the other hand because I wasn't a, I wasn't did want to be stagnant mm -hmm. within my career. Even though I was at the biggest club in the world, I didn't want to be in the reserves at the biggest club in the world. I'd rather go somewhere else yeah. and and effectively play first team or earn the right to play first team money and have a proper chance. Whereas I knew here, the squad of players was better than me and I would accepted that and I'd go somewhere else in order to be part of their first team squad. So, you know, and that's when United just phew, took the mick out of everybody then. 
before you did move on though you still scored another few goals for Manchester yeah. United uh, one against Oldham yeah I, I, I came off the bench for that one and I think it was 1-1 at the time and again it was uh, it was like one of those lunges again I think it might be five yards this time a bit further out <laughs> and, and, and I stuck in the back of it and I remember the celebration I had my hand like that and on the, uh, uh, no it wasn't a straight it was the other end what's the other end called? scoreboard end scoreboard yeah. end there we go Dion Dublin one of the most polite and patient players you can wish to meet will replace McClare and the former Cambridge man who broke his leg soon after coming here is now going to have to play the role of saviour really if he can oh yes I did come off the best number 20 Eric's nicked me shirt look I hope you're still recording the audio here <laughs> how, uh, how Eric nicked me shirt I'm just watching a video here of my, yeah. my how did it song. bother you to, for your shirt numbers to be different it didn't bother me at all because I know it had gone to somebody far better than me so I didn't mind that at all at all if it had gone to somebody rubbish like, like this guy this guy's really gigsy <laughs> he struggled didn't he he did he had everything you needed to be a, an amazing footballer but uh, you know it, it was scoring this goal coming off the bench and scoring against Oldham it was another chance it was like one of those sort of keep him involved he might be able to get us a goal. And it was a scuffy goal. It was one of those sort of ricochets that went in from but four probably yards, probably momentous yards. for you, considering yeah. the injury and the place you'd been in a year before. Yeah, but, you know, I, I didn't... I, I knew I wasn't going to get back into the first year. I knew I wasn't going to be a starter. It was just all about, you know, that ball dropping and just oh, trying to find the back of the net. Mr. going in again. He's got gigs outside him here. Kanchelskis! Deadly. And judging by these, still got the moustache. This there. footage, yeah. Somebody's actually drawn some black marker pen on my top lip. <laughs> mm. what, year did, what, what year did you shave that off, Dion? You still got it. Let's. Should we? So the next <laughs> game, we'll talk about the next game. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the fashion then. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, it was. Mason, did you ever have one? <laughs> what? Did you have a laugh? A ginger touch. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> At least Dion looks a little bit cooler. Like, ginger, ginger touchy, just like a no no. Oh my God. Right, uh, Sorry for anybody you listening not? that is offended by yeah. what they have. So it was, it was a ginger, wasn't it? So had a ginger touch. Did you touch. have a little mullet for a bit? Huh? Did you not have a little mullet for a bit? Oh, I'd have had a mullet as well. You had ginger mullet and that's it. Strawberry blonde, actually. So, yeah, no, it's just a little bit grimy. You'd have been able to carry it off, mate. You don't worry about that, but you'd have been carrying it off. Uh, that another good. That goal in the League Cup at Stoke. Yes, Lee Sharp cross, Dion Dublin header. I mean, I did, I did, see, I didn't score many goals, but you I remember... You can almost tell you're a commentator. Martin has got forward for him if he wants him. Left edge of the box. He goes instead towards Dublin. Now that yes. is a header, by the way. That's that. definitely a few that more extra a yards out, that one. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was. 14 yards out. Yes, exactly. We're getting further and further. But that was, I mean, look at the fans all standing and stuff. It was incredible. Snoz in there, Sharpie. Snoz in there. Great little ball from Sharpie. And then just me just doing my, close my, close my eyes that's and see what food, happens. That, that's just food and drink to you, that lad is. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. where you just bully the centre half, come over the top of him and bang. And, and then just, yeah, that's score it. your goals. But that, that was, that was, great as well I think I scored three or four here it was brilliant mm -hmm. brilliant and I, I saved all of them trust me I've got them all on DVD so. <laughs> good <laughs> um, now you talked about how close you are with people back in Norwich and obviously you ended up back there again later in your career and you're involved in Cambridge still aren't you yeah yeah so obviously you were at United for less time than you wanted to be. Yeah. But how do you feel on days like today when you're back at Manchester United, you're at Old Trafford, we can see the pitch mm. and do you, do you feel a big sense of affiliation or is it just somewhere you were? No, no, affiliation. The affiliation 
has been caused and held on to by the people of Manchester United because when I come back here, I often think to myself, I was only here for a couple of, couple of years and, you know, they'll look after me. I know they'll look after me fine, but they look after me beyond what I would expect. I can come to this this football ground here anytime I like, anytime um, within the day and they'll allow me somewhere to park. If I want to go and show somebody the side of the pitch, they'll allow me, they'll, they'll escort me and my guests to see the side of the pitch or my family or whatever it is. There's nothing they won't do for me here at this football club. And I just think that's down to being a big football club. You look after your own. I think basically that's what it is. You look after your own, look after the olders, look after the new ones. doesn't matter. If you have played for Manchester United, if you have worked for Manchester United in the offices, in the kit room, in the hot dog stand for a long time or a short time, you will get looked after at this club. And it's just, it's just what they do. Do they just look after you because you were the catalyst of success though? <laughs> yes. I don't think people know that. Let's say it again. I am the catalyst we'll to your success. Yes, yeah. the catalyst I to you. I am the catalyst. <laughs> I am the resurrection. <laughs> With a little number seven. All right. <laughs> Helen said in our pre-conversation, I wonder how long it will be before he says he was the catalyst for success. There you go, you yeah, see. Yeah, they were like, does he say that? Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know Dion? <laughs> It's one of his best stories. I may, I may have said it a few times, you know. I might use it on the afternoon circuit as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you Brilliant. went to Coventry for yeah. two million pounds. Yeah. Did you want to go to Everton? Um, not at that time. Okay. Because Everton came in after Coventry. Right. And Coventry showed willing and trust and they were the first to come in and mm -hmm. I said, yes, I'm happy to go. Uh, and I think that's when... How it actually yeah, left? Because one of the didn't one of the board members object to the amount of money that they'd agreed to pay? Yes, and yes. so he resigned as manager. Correct. I think that. there was another time after that as well mm -hmm. where he tried to sign me. I think anyway, one of the times he tried to sign me, he uh, he, he said, "If you're not going to trust my judgment, basically, I'm going to I'm going to do mm -hmm. one." So I ended up going to Coventry. Uh, for a big fee at the time, for, yeah, for, for two million pounds, which was that's the name of them fee, doesn't it? Yeah, inflation again. That's a drop. Yeah. 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 pounds more. Big time. Yes. Oh, sorry. We need to find out from producer Tasker. Did these two play together? Because not this would be a good time, not no. competitive. No. You were on the bench. There was an overlap. You were on the bench and you started. Right. Ah, uh, okay. But never on the pitch for a competitive. Really. But so you would have, but they were at the club together yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah, at the club together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely. Yeah. Only because we know we went out on several nights out together. <laughs> I know that for sure. Led by Maisie, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously. We've heard the story. <laughs> stop, stop. But Coventry was good. I was, I was, I was never going to turn them down. It showed a bit of faith in me and I signed a four year, five year deal, something like that. And yeah, we, I mean, who was there Huckabee and Noel Whelan played with players like Roland Nielsen and the fullback yes. Roland Nielsen Swedish yeah. Yeah. Center, uh, fullback there Gary Mack was there Paul Williams Richard Shaw some really really good football Gordon Stracker was playing at the time as David well David Bust David Bust as well did, like you, David did Bust, you play in the game yeah I was yeah. I played in that game yeah, yeah. we played against each other yeah 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 because yeah. I was playing yeah of course exactly yeah. I was which game Commentary, the David Buse game, the, the guy that broke his head, a really bad break. David Buse played centre half for Coventry. The story behind the David Buse, now David Buse, if you don't know about it, go and find the David Buse tackle. It's, 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 it's horrible, but you need to see it in order to, in order to respect why he didn't play again after that. There was no contact from any Manchester United players at all. He basically got his studs caught in the, in the ground and broke his leg, basically. And I was playing for Coventry at the time and I'm literally down on the floor trying to keep him awake 
you know, this is, it's a game in history that Manchester United fans will never, never forget if they were there. But he'd been injured, David Bust, and he'd had a week's training before the Manchester United game. And on the, and on the, when we play on the Saturday, and on the Friday, Ron Atkinson said, listen, you've done great. You're playing for me on Saturday. You're playing against Man United. He's like, I can't believe I'm back. I first came back, Manchester wow. United. You're playing, you're playing, you're playing. Come Monday, I'll have you in the office and we'll have a chat about another contract. And then he breaks his leg on the Saturday. Oh my God. So that's, that's why. Fickle, that is. That's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? That's why we had the game for him. Remember the game, Maisie? Right, yeah, we had yeah, the game, didn't we? We had the sort of um, testimonial game for him, try and make him and his family a few quid because he's lost out on so much money in the contract. And uh, every single first team player for Manchester United came. Yeah. Everybody came. Gaza travelled down for that game. He wasn't even involved in the football crew. He wanted to play. And Eric played and Maisie, everybody was there. It, it yeah. was just it was just a massive sign of respect. So yeah, that was um that was tough for him. But playing for Coventry for me was was just I suppose that was like leaving Manchester United is oh dear, oh dear. And then it was like playing for Coventry, I was just on my way back up up the ladder again. On your way to, to get England caps On the way to the well. England cap share in 1998. Mainly playing with Darren Huckabee, that's why I got me England caps. I flipped it on, he scored. <laughs> I never did any running, he did all the running. <laughs> but it was, it was, it worked. It worked, we had a great partnership and we got on the England side. So, but, so in 97, 98, which is the year before the World Cup, yeah. you were the league's joint top goal scorer. Yes. 18 Premier League goals with Michael Owen and Chris Sutton. Correct. Correct. And you weren't picked for Glenn Hoddle's yes. World Cup yeah. squad. I've, if that happened now, it's hard to imagine anybody being like, yeah, of course we don't take the Leeds top goal scorer. Mm. What was it like back in 1998? Were people clamouring for you to be in the squad? That said, Chris Sutton didn't, Chris Sutton didn't go mm -hmm. to the World Cup either. So I can have that argument, but it's, it's a bit of a void, a void argument because Chris didn't go. Michael Owen, I think, did go. Mm -hmm. But what Glenn Model Hoddle did say to me, he said, Dion, I need, need a bit of pace. I need more pace up front. So, the, so he took... Les Ferdinand. In mm. fact, I rephrase that. He took Sir Les Ferdinand with him, which I didn't mind at all because Les is a pal. I'll just find out where Glenn Hoddle lives and give him a jab. <laughs> um, but so, so no, not weren't overly disappointed by that. I was I was incredibly disappointed. Of course, I was. Yeah. it's my only chance really mm -hmm. to go into a major tournament playing for your country. Having been on the pre-season tour, we went to Morocco. Mm -hmm. I got my four caps. I got two caps in that little tournament there. I got my first cap in 1998 against Chile at Wembley. And then I played, I think, another one against Switzerland or the Czech Republic. And then I played against Morocco and somebody else. Right. I got four caps in my country. You know, that that's, if I'd have got the one, it would have been framed as the other three are framed and my shirt's framed. I kept my shirt, my socks, my shorts. <laughs> I kept the warm-up top that I had. That's I kept amazing. Every, everything mm. I kept and it's all in a little... Wicker basket. That's in awesome. the safe. So the can, double safe. So, so yeah. it can breathe. Oh, listen, fine, listen. I've got a couple of ball masses, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's safe. Yeah. Um, so presumably you enjoyed playing for England. It was great. It was great fun while it lasted. Uh, got to play with the best in, in the world. The moment when you're playing for your country, the, the moment when I played for my country, let me get that right. When I played for England... And I was in the tunnel at Wembley, about 90,000 people there at the old Wembley, the massive tunnel. And I'm, and I'm now walking out. There was no tracky tops at the time. It was just, a, just your England top and you went out. 
you know, we couldn't afford tracky tops back then, black and white TV and stuff. <laughs> and uh, short, short sleeve shirts and all that kind of stuff. I've got Incy in front of me and I've got Lighty behind me, something like that. Or they're in the squad, but they were kind of my heroes as well. And I'm walking out and I've got the number nine shirt on. You see, and I've got my, my England badge on the left-hand side of my shirt. And then you walk out and you see the fans and then you see your family and you go, you know what? I've done all right, you know, mm-hmm. I've done all right. And, you know, even now, even now I feel proud because it was a massive state, a massive stadium, completely packed. I can't get any higher. This is what I've worked for since the time I was nine years old and mm-hmm. 12 or 13 playing men's football at 14. This is what it was all about. And I'd got to the pinnacle of being a professional footballer. Um, I didn't score, but it wasn't the point. The point was putting on the number nine shirt, which meant to me that I was the best number nine in the whole of England at that particular time. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a small period of time, but I'll take it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter one bit. Was the decision then to move from Coventry to Aston Villa a difficult one? Um, it, it was because it was the chairman that wanted me to go. The chairman wanted me to go to Blackburn. I don't know if you know this or not, maybe. No. But the chairman wanted me to go to Blackburn, <clears throat> excuse me, for 6.7. That's a big number. At the time. How much is that more than 1.2? It's quite a lot more. It's 5.5. It's 5.5, right? Come on, Check it out. Yeah, I'm a a footballer. My maths is terrible. (laughs) So they wanted me to go uh, there for six months. This is when all the inflation's just gone up so (laughs) stupid. It's gone now. It's It's gone mental. What are they they thinking? (laughs) 30 million, 40 million for players. Good God. It's a joke. You were born in the wrong era. We both were born in the wrong era. Let me tell you. Absolutely stinker. So he wanted to go to Blackburn. Um, that wasn't a choice of mine and I wanted to stay at Coventry. Who was the manager at Blackburn? Kenny? Kenny was at yeah, Blackburn. Okay. Shout, this is 98. This is 1998, 99, 88, mm-hmm. 99. Yeah. And then when other teams found out that I was being touted out, then Villa came in for 5.7. So there was something, there was a 6.7 move that the chairman wanted me to go on or a 5.7 move, which I wanted to go on. You can do your own maths to be honest with you. Well, and you I, can't, so we will. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> That's a million. Thank you very much. You're not usually that brutal to our guests, yes, yes. So you do, but when I say, when I say, when I say you can do your maths, I mean, you can make your own conclusion to why he wanted me to go to Blackburn yeah. and why I wanted to go to Villa. So um, he wasn't happy about it. And then Gordon was not happy with the chairman. And he got a bit, didn't get ugly, but you know, cause I'm not the kind of person I just want to get out. And uh, Gordon said, do you want to, would you like to stay? I said, Gaffy, give me another contract, I'll stay. So I actually signed another contract. In fact, I agreed another contract with Gordon, shook his hand and said, I'll sign, I'll say, no problem at all. Chairman wanted me to go there. And he took the money from Villa. Took 5.7 from Villa, went to Villa, signed a five-year deal at Villa. Signed a, yeah, five-year deal at Villa. At, I signed for Villa when I was 30. Got a five-year deal. Five years, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 30 years old going south through Aston Villa, which was which was pretty special. I mean, the commentary fans weren't happy. But, you know, it's life, is isn't it? Is that classified still as a bit of a derby or just it's, it's, rivalry? It's, 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 it's a, a, a Midlands derby. derby. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a massive derby either way, really. It's not like Birmingham where you head by Robbie Savage. Didn't touch him, ref. <laughs> Didn't touch him, ref. Dived. <laughs> Dived, exactly. Yeah. Come on, Sav, you killed me there, yeah. mate. <laughs> you know, absolutely killed me. But no, it was... Uh, Coventry, Coventry fans think it's more of a derby than the Villa fans. But since then, I've, I've had a chance to do a few talks at Coventry City and tell them the story and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Hammed it up a bit, blamed everybody else. Good idea. Obviously. And yeah. then I went to Villa. And then it just, it was, it worked at Villa as well. You know, again, played with Merson and Ginola and 
Obviously, Peter Schmeichel ended up there as well for a little while. Gal Southgate, Hugo Ecchi, God rest his soul. You know, mm. so many, so many world-class players. Stan Collingwood, Julian Jochim. So yeah, it was just, it was amazing there. Massive club, huge club. But obviously at Villa, you're, you had some struggles because you broke your neck, right? Yeah. Which isn't the most common footballer injury. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what happened? Because you've still got metal plates in your neck, right? I have, yeah. I have just a little titanium plate at the front yeah. here. Um, it was Villa versus Sheffield Wednesday. I cut it down short. Villa against Sheffield Wednesday at Villa Park. We score. We go back to the halfway line and all we can hear is John. Remember John Gregory used to do the, do the whistle all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do the whistle yeah. with his fingers and, uh, and, and every... We're like sheepdogs. Like, you know, if he blows twice, you go left. You blow once, he goes right. You know, all that kind of stuff. What do you want us to do? For God's sake, <laughs> tell us. So uh, we had to get the ball back quick, get the ball back quick. And I ran towards this Sheffield Wednesday player. Unfortunately, as I ran towards him, running, I'm sprinting, I'm thinking, wow, he's getting bigger. This guy's a big lad, by the way. Wow. Wow. And as I run into him, he doesn't move. His name's Gerald Sibon, who's bigger than me. Big old unit. And as I've got close to him, I thought, oh no, he's not going to move. And I'm going at pace here. So it's completely my fault. Nothing to do with him. And my head kind of went into his chest because I tried to brace myself. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking, too late, too late. My shoulder, my head, my, 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 my head went into my, into my shoulders and I crushed... Uh, C4 so if you've got uh, sorry C5 4, 5 and 6 so 5 and 6 were touching and I'd crushed 4 so therefore they had to lift both these up again build a new 5 and put it in there so now I've got um, a square piece of titanium which I think is an inch and a half I think it's an inch and a half square and two screws are in 4 and two screws are in 6 so wow. it's still in there now so it doesn't go off at the airport because it's titanium and, uh, How did nice. you know I was going to ask that next? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, it doesn't go off the I airport. did think about it, but I wasn't yeah. going to ask it because I was going to be immature about the, it. You know, the strange thing <laughs> is that what does happen is when when it gets cold, the plate gets cold and it's very uncomfortable and you, 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 your neck gets really stiff. So you guys have seen me try to clip my neck on many occasions. It's because that gets really stiff no and cold. Did you, did you play again after that? I did. I broke my neck... And then I went to, I'm indebted to Jim Walker, the physio. Remember Jim Walker, Jim, the physio yeah. there? Um, Dr. Barry, yeah. exactly, yeah. Dr. Barry Smith and Mr. Andre Jakowski. They're the ones that allowed me to walk, talk and be mobile again. Otherwise I'd have been paralyzed and sat in a chair. They told me that if anything went wrong, you'd be paralyzed, sat in a chair from... from Is that from the operation sort of thing? Or that was from, just the, from, from the injury. From the, from the time I did the injury, Jim Walker had my, held my, um, had my sort of chin in both of his hands cradling it while they were putting a a back a hardboard at the back of me like a stretcher at the back so, of me so while on I was pitch. stood up on the yeah side of the pitch oh, wow. the stretcher was up against me while I was stood up and they were doing like putting the velcro straps in and then pulling it tight from the from the legs all the way to so the he waist he was keeping it in place he was keeping it in place making sure then they put it on my chin did you actually know this I didn't know done. I didn't know I think he did well he must have so I think he mm. knew I didn't know because I couldn't there was no pain by the way Oh. Breaking my leg was ridiculous pain. Breaking my neck, nothing. Absolutely no pain at all. Some things, I'm all right. I actually, I actually did the injury, then went off mm -hmm. and then went back on again. But yeah, I went back on for about 30 seconds thinking I'm okay, I'm okay. But I didn't realise my shoulders were up there. And You'd lost an inch. And yeah. He knew that I, my shoulders were there. He knew I was safe. He knew that. And then he, and then he just got me strapped up, put me back, dropped me back to about 15 minutes put me on the hardboard. They dropped me back onto a golf buggy and they took me across the pitch and then they took me to the physio room behind the, uh, the uh, not the whole turn, the other end, whichever, whatever that's called. And um, waited there 
Jim Walker looked after me side of the pitch. Dr. Barry Smith wouldn't like, wouldn't let anybody but Mr. Andre Joukowsky do the operation, which took about 45 minutes. I'm now getting in pain because the hardball is uncomfortable. And Mr. Andre Joukowsky x-rayed me and said to me, Dion, listen, you've broken your neck. You've crushed C5. I'm going to go home. I'm going to have something to eat. And when I come back, I'll make you better. You'll be playing in three and a half months. And so they did the operation that day? Yeah, that day, yeah. Completely. Wow. And was it three and a half months? Three and a half months. It was three no months and two weeks to the day. And I played against Spurs. And it was a goal kick for us which means the goalkeeper's got to go straight to the centre forward who has yeah. to try and head it or flick it on, which is what I did. And when I did that, the whole crowd went, So that was the very first, very first moment. Like, I know this sounds like a, maybe it sounds like a stupid thing to say, that's really brave. It is, it is. But again, the tackle with Scolzi broken leg. Yeah. Same thing happened in training. Alan Thompson was a left winger. Great left, mm-hmm. great left foot. Played for Newcastle yeah. and, and Celtic. Good lad. He pinged the ball in once in training and he didn't mean to strike it towards me. He wanted to strike it for goal. Mm-hmm. It was going 100 mile an hour. I'm thinking, what do I do here? Do I head it? Do I not head it? And I thought, well, you've got to do it. And I actually headed, headed this ball, which was a shot. And I put it right in the top corner against David James. And I, I came out of that header and I thought, okay, that's fine now. No movement in the net, no movement in the plate. And everything was fine. But even just to think, knowing how bad that could have been, mm. especially when you went back on the pitch and think, I suppose if someone had clattered you yeah. in the 30 seconds you were back on, to know that, that could have been so life-changing to think, yeah. yeah, well, in three and a half months, I put my boots back on. I think that that would have been, I would have been injured again if I'd have had that mentality. My right, mentality yeah. was the complete opposite, right? Get on with it. You want to be a footballer, then just do what you've got to do, Dion. If it happens, it happens, mm-hmm. you know. I never had the thought of, if I go and challenge against Maisie and fall funny and fall on my neck, I'm going to hurt myself. It's not going to happen. I was always, always committed, committed, committed. Always for everything that I do on the pitch, committed. Um, And it it, it paid off. I I got away with it, I think. (laughs) Did you learn, you obviously learned the saxophone when you broke your leg. Anything memorable from the broken neck? Broken neck. No, I I remember being in, there was a, a, a car expert. His name was Quentin Wilson, used to do Top Gear. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at his house for the millennium in 2000. Somebody in this room wasn't even born. It's getting my, getting my nerves a bit. And uh, yes, yeah, so I remember being at his house in a, in, a, in, a, in a cast. And there's loads of people wanting to talk to me. And because I've got this cast and I can't see who's talking to me. Because every time somebody wants to talk to me, they're behind me. So I'm having to, have to do three sixties every time I want to speak to me. You've got mm-hmm. right on my nerves. I could have said another word there. Mm-hmm. You've got right on my nerves. But that, that kind of thing I remember about being in a cast. Uh, in, a, in a brace for so long. Obviously, you're a very positive person. Yeah. Even until that point, did that mm. change your perspective on life in any way, though? It changed even more so, more positively. Even more I, so? Even more so, because I knew from that moment on to be able to... When I... when I, when I After the operation, by the way, I remember the, all the, the, the ladies and the men that took me down to theatre... They cut my shirt and my shorts into about 25 pieces and had a piece each. Oh. They all told me that. They all told me, they all just chopped it up. Well, how much, what do you want? Do you want half of them? Do you want number one, oh. number two? And they, then they, get, they got rid of all the kit and they shared it all around. Uh, but I knew, I knew um, from that moment on, if I, I've got another chance now at, at walking and playing with my kids and going for walks and just breathing. And, and that's really, it made me more positive. I'm not, I'm not a moper. I don't mope. I like to just get on with stuff and just enjoy and smile and 
I hate How arguing. Old were your kids then? I said, I hate arguing. <laughs> Hell, I, like, I hate just listen to him. Gosh, yeah. was, gosh, I hate arguing. <laughs> How old were your kids when that happened? Um, I can imagine that's nine, so. So Charlie, my 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 son Charlie is twenty seven now, and I did my neck in ninety nine. So he's, he would have been Five. two. <laughs> okay, so he's twenty seven now, right? So the millennium. So twenty one years ago. So yeah, just tell us what year he was born. So, <laughs> so I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think when I was when I did so my twenty seven years ago back. Yeah, so it's ninety five years. Yeah, will be ninety five. Well, could, anyway. could be ninety four, but twenty so years. Go two small children at the yeah, time. Yeah, two small yeah. children. Which must have been really scary for them. Like that's their dad. And yeah, it, it was, but it was. Uh, it, they, Maybe um, too small to really understand. Yeah, but they they didn't understand because they. I remember. That, I remember as clear as day whether it was Charlie or Claudia bouncing on the bed after I come back from the operation oh, table. Oh, God. Daddy, daddy, daddy. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. But what happens when you have a bad injury, Maisie's had bad injuries, you just put things into perspective. Football's not important. No. Walking, family, talking, breathing, eating, sleep, all that stuff, that's important. So from Villa to your boyhood club, was that your boyhood club? Actually, we didn't actually decide that at the start. It's, it's my hometown club. Oh, but not it's the my team hometown you supported. Club. I used to, my, my sister used to, used to take me to watch Leicester when I was a boy. It was three quid to get in. Or you waited for the last half an hour and all the doors were open. Mm-hmm. My sister was quite tight. We waited for the half an hour. <laughs> many, many times. So I used to go and watch Leicester, you know, loads of times. But when I got a chance to sign for Leicester in 2005... I was never going to turn it down. Got a little two-year deal there. Wanted to play for my hometown club. I knew that my family would be delighted me playing there because you'd get free tickets, wouldn't they? <laughs> Players' lounge and all that kind of stuff. They'd be milking it. Yeah, but also I'm sure the supporters were delighted. Yeah. I knew most of them, the to be fair. success that you had. <laughs> I knew most of them. 25,000 friends. How you doing? <laughs> but no, I knew, I knew a lot of the fans. And, you know, it, 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 again, it was really odd playing for your hometown club. It was a very, very proud moment. Captain in my hometown club was great. But there's extra pressure because while you're playing the game of football, football fans are honest and football fans know the game. And if you're having a bad game, they're going to say you're having a bad game and give you a hard time about it. Whereas my brothers and sisters didn't like people giving me a hard time. Mm. What are you talking about? It's not playing that bad. It's not playing that bad. So I'm thinking about that while I'm playing the game, thinking, gosh, you've got to play well because otherwise it's going to be a scrap. You know, There's three black guys having a fight with each other. Back there, all my family moaning about my performance. You know, it's crazy. No, they were so, moaning about what other people were saying exactly about, your about performance. my performance. They probably moaned as well, to be fair. Give me a hard time. But that was the the flip side of it. Uh, Mum and dad being there was a very, very proud moment for me when um, when they see me play for my hometown club. So that was that was incredible. It really was. Only two years, but it was it was an amazing time for me. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of goals, captain my club, played centre half, got sent off on my debut, which wasn't great. Got sent off fighting with um, Rufus Brevitt, oh played for West Ham, yeah. fullback. Mm. He kicked me, I kicked him, five minutes in, Leicester debut, red card, red card, get off. The sad thing about it is, when we, by the time we got to the tunnel, we were hugging each other. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. What did you do that for? Friends. What did you do that for? What did you do that for? Oh, friends, <laughs> friends. You're that rubbish. What a waste of time that was. What debut. <laughs> rubbish. And then you made the trip up to Scotland. Scotland was Scotland After was that, you enjoy that. Yeah, Celtic. Celtic was good. Celtic was really good. Again, Gordon had gone from. I mean, he'd done the rounds. I think he did a bit of Southampton and mm-hmm. been around a bit, done a bit of coaching and managing. Ended up at Celtic, and he literally said to me, 
Dion, do you want to come up to Celtic? You can't play every game. You know, you're 37 years old now. I'd had my two years at Leicester. You're 37. Just come up and sit on the bench for me. I need somebody I can trust on the bench who's a senior. I can trust to look after the dressing room. If I need you up front, you can play up front. If I need you centre half, blah, blah, blah. I need a leader in there. And I've gone, yeah, no problem at all. I, I didn't even think about it. And he gave me like a, a year. I was only there for eight months, really. But going to sign for Celtic, which was odd, actually, because I remember signing the day I signed, I went into Peter Lawwell, I think the, the boss's name at the time. You can check that for me. Peter Lawwell was the boss. And um, we are now signing the contracts and filling in the money and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be great, great, fantastic. Gaffer, thanks very much for bringing me up here. Great Celtic. Oh, Parkhead, amazing. It was great. And as we're doing this, there's a big piece of glass like this out the, um, looking out into the car park. And I'm chatting to Peter. And Peter said, Dion, you've, you've got your car coming. Someone's going to get you a car, a little Volkswagen, just to get you about Glasgow, which would be amazing. So as it's turned up, I've looked at him and said, oh, yes, look at that. A nice little Volkswagen GTI. Blue. Ooh. So Ooh. Before, before the guy could get out of his car and in, Putilova's locked, he's knocked on the glass. Send <laughs> 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 the bag. Yeah. His lips are moving. No blue. <laughs> so he sent it away and he'd come back with a silver one about half an hour. I swear, clear as day. So I had a silver, a silver uh, Volkswagen one, the blue one. But that's what it was like. Just, Dublin, but that was great, you know. It was amazing playing for playing. Did you move fat? Did your family go up there with you? No, no was, I was literally the there because I was 36. Amazing, you know, like I, hardly, yeah, yeah. I hardly trained. I, I trained down south and then I went up north on a Thursday, train Thursday, Friday, play Saturday, go back down on the Saturday, come back again on the Wednesday night, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was, it was a bit of a doddle. But I was fortunate enough to, to score in the cup final and, and win the league as well. So two trophies up there in, in Scotland, which was amazing. Brilliant. Obviously you couldn't have a blue car because of the old firm derby. What was that experience like? Did you get a kick? Uh, yes, yes. I, I actually had to get off the bench first, which was, it was scarier than playing the game. So when Gordon Strachan actually was um, in the midst of thinking, how can we win this game? How can we win this game? We were at Ibrox. He's in, the, he's in front of the dugouts. I think I was on the bench at the time with Keane and Lennon and Sean Maloney. Arta Borch, I think, was mm -hmm. on the bench at the same yeah, time yeah. as well. So now Gordon's managing, coaching, doing what he's doing at the side of the pitch, trying to figure out how he can win this game, looking over his shoulder. Me, not knowing the old firm, not knowing Scottish football at all. I'm like this, trying to wave to the gaffer, trying to get him to see me. Say, gaffer, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm fit. I'm ready to go. The rest of the boys are like making like they're doing the laces up, sort of getting out of vision. I think, what's wrong with this? This is amazing, man. Get on old firm. He did about three or four times. And then after that, I'm knackered at this time, trying to jump about, trying to get the gaffer's attention. And he said, Dion, go and warm up, go and warm up. And as, as he said, go and warm up, I was just about to look over to Keeney and Lenny and say, come on, let's go and warm up. They said, you're on your own. You like that. They weren't moving. So I came down the steps. I was like, I don't mind that. I'm big enough, bro. Look after myself. I walked down the steps towards the gaffer. They went to the left where the Celtic fans were behind the goal. But I had to get past a section of Rangers fans which were on the way to the Celtic fans. Mm. And here's me thinking, I'm fine. No problem at all. So I get to the first section of Rangers fans about five yards in. I'm just jogging. And as I'm jogging, very slowly, enjoying it, doing a bit of side-to-side -side jogging, a few stretches as I'm moving. I think the first pie, the first pie went whisk past my, my face. Literally a pie. Yeah, a pie, a pie, a pie, like a steak pie just flew past my eyes. You would love that. And, 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 and then I'm thinking to myself, 
subconsciously my pace picked up a little bit and then there was a coin and I think well I'll just pick up a bit more now then something else and then which really made me which really made me I'm doing the action of really, really, doing the action of really, really. exactly yeah. this, is, this is me running like that and, and, and I sort of got to sprinting pace about 10 yards away from the halfway line because the last thing that was thrown was like a plastic see-through cup which looked like apple juice Mm. but I don't think it was apple juice I think somebody was very dehydrated that day and decided to throw stuff at me and I thought I'll get to the Celtic fans and you are safe got to the Celtic fans I thought here we go I'm fine now Celtic fans it was great and as I was got to the Celtic fans I was kind of out of breath I'm thinking wow do some stretches put your leg up on the side uh, where the fans are and started stretching and then I heard this voice from the wilderness say big man big man sign this son sign this for my my boy why not (laughs) Oh, good accent. And I've gone, thank you very much. Irish. <laughs> Thanks, Mizzy. <laughs> and uh, Gordon Strachan hates people signing autographs while you're warming up. Big man, come on, son, sign this for the wee man, come on. So I've started to sign things and I thought, oh, the gaffer's going to get mental. When I start signing, everybody comes down. Oh. Now the gaffer's shouting, I think, what do I do? I've got 20 Celtic fans who <laughs> want to beat me up. I've got 15,000 Rangers fans and the manager might change his mind and not put me on. So I just binned everybody and sprinted back to the halfway line, got on for the last 20 minutes and absolutely loved every minute of my experience of playing against Rangers at Ibrox and Rangers at Parkhead mm-hmm. as well. Nearly got killed, but you know, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah. Brilliant. It's, it's nice to have it on the CV, playing with so many great players <clears throat> and so many big clubs. Mm-hmm. Especially was, going full circle as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's really yeah. nice. Starting, not everybody gets to do that. No, not at all. Starting there and finishing there. And I think the story goes that I scored my first, it took me 20, 22 years to score my first goal for Norwich. Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing. So I went full yeah. circle. Good times though. That's Good great. times. And then when did you decide, because I mean at 39, considering the injuries you had, is an amazing yeah. amazing time to decide, it's time mm. to call it a day. Was it a difficult decision or was it easy to say, that's me? It wasn't... It, it, I mean, Maisie will tell you the same thing. It's not it's not you that makes that decision. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. When you're a kid and you've, you're with the f- the first team seniors, they will say to you, you'll know when it's time. And you go, shut up, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm 18 years old, I've got loads of time. And before you know it, you're 39 years old and your career's coming to an end. And you're saying to the kids that you'll know when it's time, your body will tell you. <laughs> and my body told me, my body said, you know, I'm shutting down on you now because... Mm-hmm. I had played for 22 years. I had 14 operations and, and I thought to myself, I can't do any more. Mm-hmm. You know, both Achilles have been done. Both needs have been cleaned out. Double hernia, broken nose three times, which has been fixed three times. Collarbone twice, neck, leg, and you know, just so many operations. <clears throat> my body was saying, listen, I've done my best for you, but if you keep pushing me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break. But Delia actually said to me, Dion, we'd love to give you another contract for another year to take you to 40. We'd love you to stay. Another name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Delia Smith drop. for anybody wondering. Delia Smith, yeah, yeah. Got a sign, but another Dillia. one. But, and I said, no, 39, that's it. So she said, let's be having you. She may, but she said, let's be having you while she was sober. <laughs> which is a massive difference. Yeah. Delia, I love you, but you were a <laughs> Brilliant. Did you know that media was what you wanted to do when you'd, Finished. I think you'd done a little bit, hadn't you? Did a little bit beforehand, yeah. So yeah. when I was 36, I started doing the media. Uh, did three years worth of media. <clears throat> when I got to 39, the media I'd been working on offered me a permanent contract for three more years. And then I signed a contract uh, for the three years, took me to 42. And then I just stayed in media ever since. 
and you've got more and more versatile as time has gone on because of course I mean uh, this podcast goes out all over the world but for people that are in the UK we're very familiar with you doing Homes Under the Hammer yeah. which is obviously not remotely sport related but something <laughs> that I sense you enjoy a lot yeah but all that all that goes back to 1992 when I started Manchester United because I bought my first house here mm -hmm. and then since I, when I bought my first house here I thought okay that's great and then I bought houses in Coventry and then I bought well not in Coventry in, in, in Warwickshire and then I bought houses played for Villa bought houses and played for Leicester and everywhere I've moved I've bought houses and I've always been into doing up houses and selling them and renting them I've got a rental portfolio now and I so just it's always something you're interested always, in yeah. always always been involved in it always. how often do people send you videos of you saying stairs leading up to the bedrooms yes lots of times the funny thing about it is people say things to me about homes under the hammer and they think they're the first person to ever say it to me. Do you know what I mean? So I have, so I have to react yeah. that it's the first time yeah, somebody yeah, says yeah. it to That sums Sam up to that. <laughs> because he's coming with jokes and tricks and all that. And he finishes with that one. <laughs> Hey, it's okay, it's okay, man. We're okay, we're okay. I was just asking the question because yeah, I imagine people would keep sending it to they you. Do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, thinking about you've never seen this. But again, like you said, people get to listen and, and see this all over the world. Mm -hmm. And there is a video out there right now, isn't there, that somebody, yeah. you, which you've obviously seen, yeah. that somebody's actually clipped up. I think it's over three minutes of me saying, yeah. oh, there's the stairs leading to the bedrooms. And there's the stairs leading to the bedrooms. And mm -hmm. those are the stairs which I think go to the bedrooms. Right, where do we start? You've got stairs going up to your bedroom. On my right side, you've got the stairs going up to the bedrooms. There's your stairs straight in front of you going to the bedroom. Stairs just there going up to the bedroom. Got your stairs going up to the bedrooms. Okay, we're straight into a sort of hallway area here. There are your stairs going up to the bedrooms. And that goes on for three and a half minutes. Now, whoever did that needs to get out more. Yeah, yeah fair. Get yourself a life. It's very good, but get yourself So people ask you about that a lot. What is the most popular goal people ask you about? Or moment in football? Possibly, possibly Coventry City, Newcastle. Shea given. Catches the ball. I'm off the pitch. Wow. Doesn't see me go off the pitch. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, Rolls yeah, yeah. the ball out to kick it upfield. He doesn't see that I'm behind him. I run round Shea Given, kicking into an empty net and the fans go crazy. <laughs> the strange thing about that one is the fans knew I was there and even the fans went quiet. The fans <laughs> went quiet as if they like, shh, he's got a score, he's got a score, he's got a score. Because they were looking around and saying, shh. And I went round Shea scored and as the joke goes, Shea Given's the only Irishman that doesn't know where Dublin is. Oh, that is a good there joke. Go. There you go. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I'm here Tuesday, try to finish. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your most memorable goal? I did read an interview where you said the Cambridge. Yes, always be top one. of the list. Um, 1990, um, Cambridge Chesterfield 1 0. Mm -hmm. That was my most memorable. Most satisfying was possibly this, the one here. And there we go. That's the answer we wanted. There we go. The most <laughs> satisfying was the one here. We've been here another hour trying to get the best goal out of you. And <laughs> we end up with that one. Manchester United, Southampton. Without a doubt. Monday night. Thank you very much. Top of the show. all the rest of that. Thank you very much. Diz, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Nah, thank you guys. I appreciate that. It's, it's nice talking brilliant. about it. You just don't know until you talk about it. Things come up and you think, oh, wow. I did have a decent career, didn't I? 
Heard it a few times. I actually looked at the list. I was like, how are we going to get through all of these clubs? And we managed it. We did it. I don't know how you got through them all. but I don't know. 22 years it took me, to be fair. But no, listen, thanks, guys. I really I think everybody who is listening to this will go away feeling a lot more positive because that's certainly how I will feel. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sam, it took you nearly two hours to mention the stairs up to the bedroom. I'm proud of you. What, what do you mean? Where's this going? <laughs> because we said at the top of the show, I said, so how long is it going to take Sam to mention it? Two hours. Well, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's right up there with a thing. But it's not even close to the most interesting thing about that conversation. Oh, my word. I, like, two things that really like will stick with me from today unbelievable resilience with two genuinely like in my head at the very least like horrific injuries and to just be like right that's happened let's go again and just the like overwhelming positivity that is Dion Dublin mm, I 100% agree it takes a special character to, to feel like that and to think like that yeah because we've heard so many people and that rightly so say that is a really really difficult time which he did say mm-hmm. when you're injured but to come out of it more positive not very many people do that. I no, I think because I think mostly because lots of people we've spoken to have had injuries and like everybody's had setbacks and personal struggles. Mm. I think the 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 difference that stands out, I think, with this one talking to Dion is just how positive he is around those circumstances. Because obviously he'd be entitled to be upset about them and to not wallow in them, but to feel like they're a. a I don't know a, a, a shadow on his experience as a football player mm. just doesn't seem to. Doesn't seem to mm-hmm. resonate. I think whenever you whenever you're in Dion's company, that's the way he is. Everything about him is positivity, mm-hmm. and he has and he has that that thing that when he walks into a room, he becomes a life and soul of it, mm-hmm. and that's that takes a lot for somebody to be like that to me. And he is a special player, not player, sorry, person mm-hmm. to be like that. Reminds me a bit of uh, Tim Howard because he was also just just as a, just to yeah. talk to just a person who's come mm-hmm. to be him was just overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Do you know one of my favourite stories in the podcast? The 24 cans of bittery drink. That's <laughs> no. brilliant. When the moment came when you realised that him signing for Manchester United That's was incredible. the same as you. Yeah, yeah that was amazing. Do you know what we need to do on this podcast? It needs to be like a, a mission now to find out who was the first player he did that to and thought, that works. That's the way to sign a player. Walk them through the tunnel, show them the stand and say, do you want to play here every other week? We just like to think for the purpose of this podcast, it's only happened to these two players. No, but there must be more. <laughs> there must be, mustn't there? Sam, there isn't. No. It's a good way about Yeah. Bring the next one in. Yeah. Yeah, then, but there must be. So it's who, just Dion and Maisie, okay? That's the only people that's happened to. <laughs> Friends of yeah. our podcast. There's got to be others and we need to find them. I don't know. I think well, there's something really cool about it. We've already done a hundred of them. I'm not going to throw yeah. them all away. Goodbye. Oh, by the way, can we just add your list? It's just you and Dion, Macy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was one of my favourite stories. Yeah, it was amazing. That was class. Yeah, and the it's fact really that cool. I came to the club a little bit more expensive than him, mm. and then he goes and smashes me. Yeah, well, I was say, yeah. what was your sell-on fee? Uh, a big fat zero. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I loved it. Great. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely yeah. loved me that too. one. Well worth the wait. Twenty-two years. 22 years that's how long football. we've been waiting for this podcast feels like it <laughs> but yeah I enjoyed that loved it okay should we do some emails and tweets yeah do it I have an email here mm-hmm. sorry Sam in advance yeah but he said that Luke Chadwick's podcast sorry he I am referring to Eric Chung uh, funniest podcast yet you have had some career that is um, him speaking to Luke sorry you weren't there for that one but it was yeah. really funny we yeah. all seem to get I... the best ones don't we me and your health yeah did you listen to it Sam? I haven't listened to it yet. 
Oh, sorry, there's another one about Luke Chadwick's podcast. I was t- Andrew says, shh, Sam, fantastic listen with Luke on the latest Manchester United podcast. And he says, uh, hashtag Tuby Gripgate. I think I actually started that hashtag. Nobody's really caught on to it, but thank, thankfully Andrew has. You did actually get tagged in that one, Sam. That's you were nice. there yeah, in spirit. We did it's, miss you. We did miss um, you. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't miss it on purpose. I, had to, I was isolating because I yes. had COVID. Yes. I was mm. absolutely fine. But uh, I knew you guys would do a great job. Yeah. Wasn't the same without you. Oh, thanks very much. Much better. Uh, Any emails, Sam? Yeah, I'm just finding them now. Um, one person said has suggested, uh, Scott Slingsby suggested the idea of perhaps getting Charlie Savage and Robbie Savage on together and having a father and son podcast, which is obviously not something we've done before or maybe even had the opportunity to do before. No. Uh, I also got sent a great idea, but I can't currently find the message. Uh, but someone sent me a tweet suggesting we get after, uh, it was after listening to Clive Tilsley, they said, let's get a referee on. Yeah. I think they wanted Pierre-Luigi Colina. All right. Yeah. How cool would that be? Like as a non-playing, yeah, non-United affiliated person. Yeah, a little trip to Italy would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anything where we can get a holiday. Yeah. yeah, we're all for that. One one final email then. Good evening all. May I please request that you invite Darren Gibson on the podcast. Darren has some great stories worth listening to. I'd say even his football journey alone. Really enjoy listening to the interviews as I drive to and from work here yes. in Ireland. Thank you um, and, and happy Christmas. Possibly because northern island links that would be a good one yeah we'd love to do that uh, so if you want to get in touch if you've got an idea then you can send it to us the address is unitedpodcast.mainnight.co.uk uh, and we will see you on the next one thanks very much for listening thanks guys bye bye see you later